Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, the uh, Mark and Max show. Friday edition. Woohoo! It's raining. <laughs> it's pouring. He can't the old even, men ought to be snoring. He can't even use the young Frankenstein line. That could be worse. Oh, it be raining. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a movie. Because uh, it is raining. Thank you. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and it was, you know, Mark. Yes. It's the, it, we knew when we had the spring like weather for almost 10 days, we knew it wasn't going to stay like that. Oh, you know? I know. Yeah. Uh, I too know. early. It's too you, early. And <laughs> you remember. You remember there was a spring when we got tricked by a couple of weeks of the early spring like this in March and April, and I would get my pool all ready. I'd turn the heater on and get it heated up, and just yes. about the time, you know, because it would be in the 80s. I mean, it would be hot, and the kids are like, come on, Dad, and i get the heater just right, and then, boom, cold front coming through. Yep. And the wind, the rain, the storms, and cold yep. weather right behind it, Yeah. boom. It did it for three weeks in a row between March and April before we could even get in the pool. The weather would change. And I told the kids, I don't care if it, I don't care what happens. We ain't getting in it. I, I turned that heater and my gas bill, because I had a gas heater on it. Oh, my gas bill was over $300 in wow. a two day, two, yeah, two month period of time, over $300. And it wow. wasn't the gas company's fault. It was dumb Dave. Yeah, but one time we went to the beach on a surprise trip over the weekend. Yeah. Loaded the kit, got the kids at school on a Friday after they got out of school. You and I didn't have anything going on that weekend. Loaded them up and took off for the beach. And they're like, where are we going? We're going to the beach. Really? No yeah. reservations, no nothing? I'm like, yep. And we came, had a great time. We came back home. And uh, the kids were like, man, I want, you know, what, can you turn the heater on tonight so we can get in the pool? You know? And I'm like, turn it on. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> I had never turned it on. And so the temperature of this 40,000, it was a 12-foot deep end pool, man. And it was over 97 degrees in the pool. Oh, my. Yeah. It was borderline hot tub time. So we all got into that night. That was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, very expensive, awesome, but it was cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the forecast here. It looks like uh, <laughs> it looks like we've got going to have some sun and, and mixed in with the clouds tomorrow, which is going to be nice. Mm-hmm. So at least your Saturday is going to be nice. But the thunderstorms are back for Sunday, yeah. and so if you've got anything to do outside, tomorrow's your day. But you know what? We're going to be soaked from today. <laughs> tomorrow's going to be a mud puddle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So basically, it'll be sunshiny. But darn, I can't clean the yard because it's too yucky. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no. And then Sunday, wow, so I got to have a plan to go do something Saturday so there won't be a temptation of LaDonna to say, well, you can mm-hmm. go out and pick up. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. But the leaves and the twigs, no, nah, it's all good. Yeah. It's too wet. <laughs> but, but Monday, lots of sunshine. But and we're back at work. It's going to be cooler, though. It's going to be in the mid-50s with an overnight low near freezing down around <sighs> 34. There. See, that's See, why I didn't get It's the roller ready. coaster again. Yep. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show and mark i i need to ask you something very mm-hmm. quickly here. yeah do you remember a time when we have had more train derailments in a very short period of time no in the last 30 days there have been what seven eight i don't know we just had another one yesterday in Alabama, in, in calhoun county alabama huh. um I, I now in this particular case nobody was hurt okay yeah. Yeah. Um, happened in a very rural area. Calhoun County is mostly rural, but still, um, and it just happened to hear it was a, uh, Oh, it was, it's about 75 miles, uh, outside of Birmingham. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oddly enough, if I'm not mistaken, um, this it's a Southern, uh, Oh, Dave, come on. Um, what is the Southern rail, uh, Southern Pacific. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Norfolk Southern. That's what Norfolk it was. Norfolk Southern. Southern. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, it happened the day before their CEO was going to testify on Capitol Hill. Huh. Yeah. That's about weird. train stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. Weird. So I'm not really sure that, uh, I would, I mean, put it this way, a Norfolk Southern CEO testifying before Congress and a train derails the day before that happens. Right. Yeah. And we've had a number of train derailments in the last few weeks. Yeah. Is it an isolated incident like we had after 9-11? Remember all the bus attacks right after 9-11? Yeah. yeah. And just another isolated incident. I don't know. Or is it Or is it the focus of the news media because of the big one in Ohio? 
you know, that we're every time there is one, <gasps> another one. And so it, it, instead of it being lower in the news, in the news stack, it was, it comes higher because of the, you know, what happened in Ohio. Well, okay. I'm with you there, except this hasn't really been, I mean, it, I, I live around track. You know that I, sure, I live yeah, around yeah. these train tracks. They're always in use around where right, I live. It's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have train derailments. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they spend a lot of time in maintenance on these things. It's yeah, really, it's true. Pretty yeah. amazing how much time they spend yeah. making sure these tracks don't mess up. Mm. So it just seems odd that again, is it a coincidence yeah. that while there's all this investigation going on, they're having all these train derailments? Yeah. That's I, all. I don't know. I do know that politicians will take advantage of things like this, though, and especially the politicians on the left, because uh, there was some deregulation at the end of the Trump administration about uh, railways. But nothing about that deregulation really affected what it could be causing these crashes, especially the one that happened in Ohio. But the the. Most people don't understand how it all worked. They don't understand the details. They just, again, all they know is that some politician is screaming, well, this wouldn't have happened if Trump hadn't done this, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so I, that could be one reason they're getting attention too, is because there is an election coming up and the, one of the people who is running for president did a little deregulation in the, in, in the railroads uh, side of things. And they want to, they want to say, well, he, he, you can't put him back in office. Look what he did to the railroads. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. You can count on that being part of it. One of the reasons that they're getting as much attention as they are. But I, I just, you know, I, d- I do know that that part of it is a fact. The rest of it, I don't know. Life Radio. FM. It's the Mark and Mac show where Dolphin Dave is in deep trouble back in the news. <laughs> Who is Dolphin Dave, Mark? Is, is he similar to Coco the Gorilla? Well, he's a guy named David uh, Jimenez. Ah, okay. Uh, last guy. weekend, the Hawaii Department of Land and Natural Resources, the DLNR, received an influx of calls about a man pursuing a humpbacked whale on the Big Island. I would say probably just off the Big Island. The suspect mm-hmm. was identified as 65-year-old David Jimenez, who was allegedly seen snorkeling close to a humpback whale in the K.A. K.A. in some Bay State Park. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's all, they have too many, too many consonants, too many vowels, the, the Hawaiian <laughs> words. No, the, the department shared a video on social media that appears to have been filmed underwater by Jimenez himself. He is seen swimming close to the whale, reaching out and nearly touching its fin. When the department is in, of the department's enforcement division arrived on the scene, he was near a part of a pod of dolphins. A responding officer recorded Jimenez or Jimenez, whatever his name is, allegedly pursuing the pod and leading a group to chase the animals. He's known as Dolphin Dave on Facebook, where he shares dolphin-inspired art. When asked about the incident, he told officers he's not going to stop swimming with whales and dolphins because it's magical and others do much worse things. That's what the department says. He was cited for allegedly violating two Hawaii administrative rules, one that protects endangered whale species and another that prevents the harassment of wildlife in a state park. He's supposed to be in court about this in May. Bless his heart. I I think old Dolphin Dave needs to change his name to, you know, the crazy kid. This is ridiculous. (laughs) A 65-year-old man. Yeah. And uh, again, yeah. Mark, really, we can't find something for this guy to do. Yeah. I give him a cup, a pair of dark sunglasses and some mm-hmm. pencils. Let's see if he can make money that way. You know, I would say the man needs a hobby, but apparently he's got one oh. that's getting him in trouble. Life radio FM. It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I swear the other day I'm driving down the road heading, uh, it doesn't matter, but I'm on a two-lane road that has a lot of traffic, okay? And it's one of those roads that they're going to expand, and they do a lot of work on it and all that. And yeah. I have seen wild animals on this road. I mean, deers and things like that. But the other day as I was driving, I saw somebody had hit a cat, okay? But when I looked oh. at it again, I'm like, oh, that was an awful big cat. Yeah. And so I turned around because I thought, this, there's, this is something else. And I went back, and it was like a bobcat you yeah, know, or a mountain yeah. lion. Yeah. I don't know the difference. But it freaked me out because those things are predators, and I didn't know they were that close to my house. I mean, we're talking less than a half mile from my house. Wow. Yeah, as the crow flies. Yeah. 
But anyway, right. so when I saw that this says the Arizona resident finds Bobcat lounging on dog bed. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Wildlife officials in Arizona. <laughs> but wait a minute. Yeah. Did he eat the dog so he could take his <laughs> that's, bed? That's, that's what I want to know. That's the question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, a, a resident in Arizona arrived home to discover a Bobcat had entered their home and was lounging on a dog bed. The Arizona Game and Fish Department said in a Twitter post that the San Manuel, San Manuel? Okay, whatever. Homeowner, this is going to be a day I can't pronounce anything. Um, Returned home from work Monday to discover the bobcat relaxing on their dog's bed. The homeowner uh, contacted authorities, but the bobcat escaped before an officer arrived. The department reminded residents not to attempt to handle entrapped or injured wildlife without assistance from authorities. Unless right. you'd like to use up every Band-Aid you've got in the house. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, you you see a cat, and and you know that some cats you can love on and pet, you know, and they're going to be okay with it. Others, right. yeah. they they don't just run away, but they, they like, let you know, I'm in charge. Uh-huh. And if you touch me, I am going to scratch you, okay? Oh, but keep your distance. We're cool. Yes. But a bobcat, these things are muscular. Yes. They're bigger. Yes. They're stronger. Oh, the, boy. You know what? This is the $6 million man of the bobcats <laughs> because they of the cat family. Yeah, it they, is. Oh, they, yeah. You can tell this is an animal that can run fast and kill whatever he feels like he can eat. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can And you can rest assured that somebody probably within 50 miles of where you are right now has one as a pet. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and mark before we go further i gotta ask you a question um did you know that adam rich the little kid with the long hair from eight is enough passed away no okay it was in january and i didn't know and the reason i say that is um robert blake passed away yesterday uh the guy that played beretta oh yeah can't do the time don't do the crime yeah okay he passed away yesterday at the age of 89 and, uh, you know, Hey, he hasn't been in the news much lately. Um, the last time we really heard much from Robert Blake was when he, uh, I was going to say when he killed his wife, but it was actually a girlfriend. I don't think they were married, but he, her, his, he was a baby daddy for her oh, anyway. Okay. Bonnie Lee Bakley. Okay. But, oh yeah. That's Robert a familiar Blake name. was, yeah. Yeah. Bonnie Lee Bakley. Okay. She and Robert Blake had a child together. Okay. Um, but, they went out to eat. They were getting ready to leave. Or they were going back to their car. And when they got to the car, he said, oops, I left my gun in the restaurant. It must have fallen out of my pants pocket. Mm. Yeah, you know, He carries it for protection. Uh-huh. Okay, He's a celebrity in Hollywood. There you go. All right. And he goes back to the restaurant to look for his gun. Looks back where they're sitting. Oh, here's my gun. And in he walks back to his car. And lo and behold, when he gets there, Bonnie Lee Bakley is dead. She's been murdered. Oh no. And there's no murderer in sight. Hmm. So police zeroed in on, uh, Robert Blake, the okay. Beretta act, the guy who got his start with the little rascals. Remember right. he, he yeah. had this yeah. long career. Yeah. Uh, but more people knew him as Beretta in the seventies. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was arrested, charged with her murder, went to trial and was acquitted. A lot of people, said you uh, after the oj simpson verdict and now the robert blake said you know you can't get a verdict against a you know right. a celebrity in yeah. hollywood but the thing is this and I, i'm only going to throw this out there because bonnie lee bakley is the victim here she was murdered but lonnie B, bonnie lee bakley was famous uh wanted to be famous you know she wanted to marry somebody who was famous she wanted to be that and she actually had been involved with a number of celebrities and Christian Brando was one of them at the time she was murdered. She was playing, uh, Robert Blake, who was older, you know, I mean, this is 20 years ago. And so he's 89. So he's 69 years old, going on 70 years old. They have a baby together, a little one, which is crazy in and of itself. But anyway, she had constantly been fooling around with famous men and doing anything she could you know, without being called a, uh, a lady of the evening, uh, is that a proper thing to call a prostitute these days? I don't know. But I, I think I'd have gone with hooker, but you know, okay. you do. Well, you. she didn't, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to be polite here, Mark. <laughs> yeah. Why? But in, anyway, 
she's the victim. And mm-hmm. the one thing I know is that if you, you, a victim is a victim, she's dead. But the reason she's dead is because she actually pushed too hard on these guys. She had two or three mm-hmm. different things. It was yeah. all a big scam. Yeah. That's why she was not a sympathetic figure when she was murdered. Yeah, and why, yeah. why there were so many possible suspects. Wow. And I, I looked at Robert Blake's story, Mark, and this is, this was before I started doing this professionally. Okay. Just a hobby of mine. And you know this because I used to make a joke. Yep. If anything violent ever happens to LaDonna and the police <laughs> look at my library, they're going to see all my Christian stuff. And then it's like the Christian stuff. And then it's like almost like the crime, you know, yes. it's, it's going to be like a movie of the week. Oh, look, yeah. he's got all of his stuff from Bible college. He's got all this yeah. stuff here. He's got all the, <gasps> oh, oh, wow. Oh. Is he addicted to Ann rule? What's going on? <laughs> And he's got him alphabetized, you know, <laughs> but anyway, well, just a reminder, this all started off with Adam rich, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. See, what had happened is when I saw that Robert Blake had passed away, yeah. I was like, you know, wow, that's sad. And right below it, it said uh, celebrities who have already passed away, you know, in yeah. 2023. Yeah. And I saw a picture of Adam rich on that to make you. And I went, Adam rich is dead. Yeah. And that's what made me think. And I was like, I don't even remember that happening. Well, eight is enough ended its run 42 years ago right it was only on for four or five years yeah 77 to 81 yeah but it it was 42 years ago man that's just excuse me i gotta go i gotta go lube my walker yeah pretty much and that's the thing but adam rich think about it adam rich was the cute little kid on there yes and ends up dying all these years later and i'm not mocking his death he did die of what they suspect is a drug overdose Ah, this is a guy who had drug addiction issues for many years he actually um was in the hot he actually went to the hospital he pulled an elvis Mm -hmm. you know elvis used to like he would have a cut on his foot or something and he would dig it out the cut to make it worse so he could go to the hospital emergency oh. room and a doctor would give him pain meds okay uh, yeah. adam rich right. did the same thing yeah he um he threw himself down the stairs at a hospital because he had gone in there and tried to get pain meds they wouldn't write him any wow and so as he was leaving he fell down these stairs and they were like he didn't you don't fall they got video everywhere he threw himself down the stairs and he was injured yes we had to write him something for pain wow and uh the thing is, um, you know how some places uh, have a pharmacy right there within the building? You know? Yes. Um, he falls down these stairs, jumps, whatever. But as he's getting out, you know, he tries to break into their pharmacy to steal more meds. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah. So that's where all this started when I saw, you know, Robert Blake is dead. <laughs> Who else has died? Adam Rich. And I'm like, I didn't even know that. I felt like a fool. Okay. I didn't know Adam Rich was dead. So wow. there you have it. Um, you will hear about Robert Blake, and you will hear about Bonnie Lee Bakley today, and you will probably see one of the channels will go on a, a path somewhere, uh, celebrities in Hollywood getting away with murder, you know? Wow. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And, you know, you and I have talked about traveling nightmares. Usually it's you because you have traveled much more than I have. So we talk about your nightmares on planes with children and things. But right. there is one thing that you and I have seen pictures of and uh, things like that online uh, of people traveling and being just not good passengers, you know? Yeah. And yeah. in this one, it says, quote, selfish, unquote, plane passenger booked whole row for himself. Then canceled the tickets. Yeah, canceled two of the tickets and held on to one oh. of them. Yeah, it, what this is is this guy's. Uh, he's he travels a lot and he has discovered that this is something he can do to get some space on a plane, right? Right. So he's not sitting okay. elbow to elbow with you know with big sweaty people right. like me. A traveler oh. has been called selfish. <laughs> oh, my dogs are barking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a traveler has been called selfish after booking an entire row of seats so he could sit alone on a plane and then canceled all but one of them 45 minutes before the flight. Hmm. The avid jet setter shared his tick, uh, trick on TikTok and described it as a poor man's first class saying wow. he managed to get all his money back on the uh, for the spare seats. This means he paid for just one ticket, yet managed to get a whole row of seats to himself. And he stressed to his fans that it works 90% of the time. Hmm. He says, there's no catch. Just make sure the two additional tickets are fully refundable. But hmm. his traveling trick uh, hasn't gone down well with others. 
followers are saying he clearly doesn't care for other people or for the environment. <laughs> Go figure wow. that one out. Yeah. I think he's actually, I think it's actually brilliant because <laughs> I mean, I know that there are people like there are couples who travel a lot who will mm-hmm. book the entire row or no, mm-hmm. they will book, they will book the two seats, the one at the window and the one at the aisle, but not the one in the middle because nobody wants that middle seat. Right. And they know that nobody probably is going to buy that middle seat. Oh, so they'll end up getting the two of them. will get the road to themselves. Oh, and, now see if you hadn't said that, if I was traveling on like that, Mark, I would be like, Oh, they must've made a mistake. Y'all two probably want to sit together. Right. Since you're married. So right. Exactly. Let's sit in the middle. I'll take right. y'all and I'm sure I'll take the window. And, and I'm sure that does happen. It, yeah. But uh, I would try I, to be accommodating. Like the mistake was on the plane, not them. But yeah. now I realize <laughs> they're just sneaky. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and sneaky pays off most of the time. Apparently, well, that so. you know what? I don't blame this guy. I wouldn't call him selfish or anything. I'm no, creative. No, he's, because he's figured out I'm a loophole and he's using it. Yeah, right. I'm just shocked that they allow that that he can cancel 45 minutes before because I'm thinking, yeah, a day before probably for this. You know, if you book all three seats yourself, and then you cancel two of the three, uh, there. You know, yeah. look, the plane has to. The guy found a way. Mm-hmm. Now they got to change a rule. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: they overbook all the time. Oh, right. So there I we've, I've had story after story we, mm-hmm. where people are angry because they've been lined up waiting and the, yeah. and the airline tells them, yeah, we're overbooked. We, we need uh, X number of you to, you know, take no, the next really? flight if you will. Yeah. It happens uh-huh. a lot. I've been in airports several times myself when they're offering a, uh, a bonus. Hey, if you'll take, if you will let us bump you to another flight, we'll give you another flight on top of that or so do they not have an idea of what reservation means you know i mean (laughs) you have a reservation so and i pay for this Mm -hmm. to reserve my seat on this plane at this time you know what most of those those overbookings are it's flight crew moving from one city to another it's it's people who aren't working the plane but they work for the airline and they've got to be in another city to work another flight Mm -hmm. so they bump passengers and put the flight crew on the plane and take them to the next city Hmm. And so here's, here's my perspective. If they're bumping paying passengers because of their lack of planning, this guy can do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Life radio.fm It's the Mark and Mac show. And Mark last night had one of those things that only happens to the good. You know, <laughs> when you have the old song, the Billy Joel song, oh, only the good die young. Oh man. And, there's only good people actually have this problem. It cracks me up though, because Mark and our buddy, Mike Eccles both work on cars. All, you know, they talk about working on cars. Mark's been talking about his Miata and mm-hmm. the fun things that have been going on there for the last several years. Fun. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you had yesterday, something happened with Jane. Yeah. That is a common occurrence. Sure. And for those of us, I don't think it's sexist, but I tell my wife, I, I don't like for LaDonna to pump her own gas. I try to make sure her car always has gas in it. So, you know, and it's a courtesy. She takes all the time and effort to look good and smell good before she leaves. Right. I don't want her to immediately smell like gas. Right. But when yeah. it comes to changing a tire, I don't want any of the girls in my life changing a tire. Hmm. Not if I can help it. Okay. So, yeah. um, one thing I don't do uh, that I should until it's necessary, I have gone and I have bad habit of not checking to make sure that there's a jack in the car with mm-hmm. a uh, with a uh, flat a spare that's not flat. Right. Yeah. And that's what bit us last night, Jane. <laughs> I only you only find those things out when you have a. I flat know. <laughs> I know. And Jane Jane's got a nail appointment after work, and she gives me a call and says, "Hey, I've got a flat tire. I need you to come help me out." So, I go and and find her. Thank goodness, by the way, for the iPhone Apple's Find My function, little app on your iPhone, because if if you've got your loved ones there have iPhones then you can find them wherever they are. So I pulled up the, uh, the find my app and locate her exact position. I go to where she is and, uh, she's, uh, sitting there on the side of the road with a, a front tire flat. And so I dig through, which I, I estimate there's 750 pounds of just junk in the trunk <laughs> of her car. Right. I don't know what all this stuff is. There's books, there's blankets, yeah. there's, clothes there's all kinds of stuff back there but uh i get her i get the uh, the spare out and put it on the ground and uh, and it felt funny to me when i pulled it out so i had a feeling it was flat is it one of those bicycle tire spares it's yeah it's, it's, yeah it's a donut spare yeah. yeah and um 
that I go to pull the, the jack out and the jack is in this little bracket on the side of the, of the well where the tire is and it it's opened up enough to hold it just to, you know, to hold it in the bracket. So Mm -hmm. to keep it in place and I I'm looking for the handle, the crank handle, there's not one, Eh. there's not one anywhere in the back of the car. And I turned all that junk in her trunk over like three, four times trying to find it. It's not back there. So the spare, I put the spare on because I wasn't sure how much air was in it. And when I let the car down all the way to the ground, it's yeah. completely flat. So now there's two flats, actually three, because there's the front. Did the, you, what did yeah. you do with the jack, though? I mean, how did you get the jack out? I, I used my jack out of my car. Okay. I'm sorry. You I left that okay. out. Yeah. yeah. I got, yeah, I, I went and got my jack out of my car and got her car off the ground, changed out the tire, let it down. It's flat. So we call and we can't get a, the, where she works at a car dealership. It, it's right at closing time and nobody's available. They can't come. Now that's funny. Yeah. She works yeah. at a car dealership. Right. And she can't get, she can, we can't get somebody to, you know, to send a, a wrecker over. So, uh, we go to a nearby car parts place and pick up a can of fix a flat. And I take it back to fill the spare that's on the ground just so we can get her mo- mobile mm-hmm. because I can fix the tire if it's got a puncture yeah. in it. Right. So right. we're going to get her mobile and, um, I'm standing there in the uh, outside next to this tire, watching the fix a flat go into it. And that's when it started raining. And so I'm standing out there with the rain and it's not little light rain. It's pounding down really hard rain. I'm standing up big old fat rain from the ground. It was big old fat rain is what it was. And, and so I, I get the the entire can of fix a flat emptied into it and it break, it brought that tire up about an inch. And I look at the back tire as I'm going back towards Jane and she's sitting in my car behind the, her car and I noticed the back tire on that side is now flat. So we have a flat tire, another flat tire, and a flat spare. And at that point, I got back in my car and said, just call the record service. We're going to, you know, this we're stuck. And right about then, she's on the phone with the record service trying to get a time for them, you know, to know when they're coming. And a guy in a little white hatchback pulls up and asks what's going on. And I tell him, and he says... Now, how long were you there working on this and there was nobody that stopped to help? Oh, is it a congested area? Is, uh, were was, you out in the middle of nowhere? There were dozens of people that drove okay. by and never stopped to okay. ask. Yeah. And, and, and I yeah. get that. You know, it was, it was dark, right? Yes, it was. It was okay. getting dark. Dark, yeah. dark in the rain. Yeah. You got a guy who's trying to work on a car. Yeah. And, and, okay. and nobody even stops and rolls down a window and right. asks, can I call somebody for you? You right. know, that sort of a thing. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. And so... This guy finally rolls, you know, stops and rolls down a window. Mm-hmm. And he said, what's the problem? I said, three flat tires. And mm-hmm. he said, I said, even the spare is flat. And he said, oh, that's always happens. Nobody ever right. checks those spares. He said, but, uh, I can air you back up again. At least you can get someplace to get that fixed. Um, because I do roadside assistance. Right. And I said, really? <laughs> well, I'd appreciate that. And he pulls up in front of Jane's car, opens his hatchback. He's got an air compressor. He's got a big old battery jumper thing for jumping cars off. He's got a floor jack. He's got a bunch of tools. He's got everything he needs to help somebody on the side of the road. And, uh, he said, yeah, I just started a, uh, my business today. I just started my business mm-hmm. today. I just came from my first customer Wow. and uh, was on my way back to the house and saw you. Uh. And, uh, I started looking on his back for wings. Because, yeah, <laughs> you know, right? Jane and because I agree. You're, yeah. you're really stuck. You're at the mercy oh. of paying $150, $200 for yeah. a tow truck. You That's know? exactly right. And this guy comes by and, and helps us out. He airs up both of those flat tires that are on the ground. And we were able to get Jane's car over to the dealership where she works and get it parked there and drop go. the keys with somebody. Wow. Right. And now, now and the name of his company is so I, long you can't I, remember. I, right? I honestly, we're standing out there okay. in the rain and I don't remember it, but his name yeah. is Joe. All right. So big thanks to Joe. If you know anybody named Joe who just started his own roadside assistance business, let him know. I appreciate, we appreciate what he did. We're going to find out and yeah. publicize it for him. Yeah. That's just awesome because he didn't want to charge. He didn't stop to charge you. He no, stopped to help no. you. I handed him a 20 and he said, now I didn't stop for this. Yeah. And I said, so I, cool. I understand that. But, and while we were standing there, he got another call, right? Wow. So he's going off to another, his second customer ever wow. has just called him. And, uh, I said, yeah, well, while you're on your way to fix that, grab something to eat. That's it. You yeah. know what, Mark? The thing is the guy has started a brand new business. He's just done his first ever call of mm-hmm. his new business yep. and isn't stopping to charge you. He's not stop. He's, he's stopping to help you. Yeah. Uh, just a, a good guy a being good guy. a good guy. Yep. That's and right. It's like, 
that I'm, you know what? It's that kind of person who will find success yep. because he's not looking for an opportunity to scam someone right. or to make a buck. Right. He's providing, I mean, think about it. You, you get somebody like that. that can come to you, a portable mechanic, an yeah. auto, you know, yeah. that's, that's huge. It Just is huge, huge yep. and uh, much needed. And I, I hope and pray that his business goes well and, and that we can figure out his name and his business name <laughs> so we can tell you all about it. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show and you know what mark a few minutes ago talking about the spare tire fiasco mm-hmm. um, i will tell you that it my first thought was i don't remember the last time i checked the spares okay <laughs> me either i don't <laughs> and i don't know the last time i just don't and that's such a bad thing bad dave yeah you know and i'm i did change the tires i you know i was working on brakes that's what it was yeah and realized that uh, I have a vehicle now that is uh, it's a lot bigger than I need. You know, it's yeah. bigger than what I can mess with. So yeah. I need to find a portable, you know, I need to find it. Like, can't we have the first robots that are people pleasers should be mechanics? You know, <laughs> I know where you can get a Miata. Um, no, thank you. Mark. <laughs> you don't need another will, project car, do you? I will find another Bradley GT. That's that. it. Just saying. Off okay. the Facebook marketplace we go. Yeah. All right. So why we are late for work. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I thought this was interesting because you and I have both been in situations where we've, oh, yeah. you know, we've heard what people have said. Managers yeah. were asked to provide examples of the most unusual excuses employees gave them for arriving late to work. And the first one is, I dreamed that I was fired, so I didn't bother to get out of bed. Uh Uh-huh. Well, your dream came true. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, I had to take my cat to the dentist. Now, these are excuses. These are real excuses. For being late to work. (laughs) Yes, real excuses. So, you had an appointment (laughs) to take your cat to the dentist. Okay. All right. Your cat has a dentist? Um, and, uh, finally the third one, which is my favorite, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm late. I ran over a goat Mm -hmm. now because sure you did. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? The, if the boss had, the boss could be like, cool. Well, how long was it on the road? I mean, (laughs) because if you hit it, that's some pretty fresh roadkill and you know, we could have a little barbecue roast, a 4th of July thing. And Mm -hmm. you know. Because uh, that's, you know, roasted or barbecue goat is a right. thing. I didn't know that. Realized yeah. it is. So you could do a little barbecue goat. And mm-hmm. if not, show me where you hit the goat, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, goodness. How do you, why do you just, well, A, you know, when you do mornings, rate like Mark and I have done, <laughs> radio has a certain requirement about everything's on time. It has Everything to be. has to be. Yes. yes. <laughs> From the minutia of a clock that you use for each hour to the day and time. I mean, everything is time centric. And Mm -hmm. it, Mark and I both would go through this with family (laughs) when we're trying to go somewhere. Yeah. Because how do you not understand that, uh, here's the time we need to be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's a 45 minute drive. Yeah. And we don't need to leave at the time we need to be there. We need to be there at the time we need to be there. But I have a, I have a spouse that likes to, you know, if we, if we have to be somewhere at 11, uh, a lot of times she will just be in, oh, it's, it's miserable because she's rushing. She's hurrying. Oh, I got to get there in a hurry. But yeah. it's like, you're in such a big hurry, but you're 45 minutes late. Right. You know, yeah. we got to be there, but you're, you know, you're <laughs> rushing around like crazy, but we're not coming close to being there on time. So why don't you just stop rushing? There's no point now. Being on time has left the building. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're going to be late, does it really matter if you're one minute late yeah. or 50 minutes late? Right. Does it matter? Yeah. Because no matter what happens, we're all late. Yeah. No matter how frustrated you are. And the thing is, the one that you really love is that, okay, you're late. You've made everybody late. But you're <laughs> rushing around like you're really trying to get in there. Blah, blah, blah. But then if anybody says to it, you're making us late. Then there's a fight. Katie bar the door. <laughs> it's not my fault. I have <laughs> really. Yeah. Come on, Mark. And the thing is nine times out of 10, it was somebody, you know, because they couldn't find a shoe. They oh, couldn't yeah, find I a know, belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they need this to be ironed. I forgot yeah. to do the, it's yeah. like, so everybody else 
is waiting on her to fix their stuff. So right. they're all yeah. fixing. The reason they're all ready to go to the car and is because she got them ready. Yes. Which means while she was the one that needed to be getting ready. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So why is mom? Mom makes us late for everything. No, actually, it's you. <laughs> you make us late for everything. <laughs> the Mark and Mac Show. Northern Tool and Equipment, home of the Demo Day Power Sale. Yeah, my wife just called me in for dinner, and she used that voice. You know the one? Yes, I do. But I'm right in the middle of something really important. What's that? Doing stuff. Ah, doing stuff, like Edison inventing the light bulb, that yeah, sort of thing? Yeah, I was blowing holes in a board with my pressure washer. But to your wife, the phrase doing stuff means goofing off. How could I be goofing off? I'm in my garage. Okay, okay. Grab a clutch-extended air cutter. I don't have one. Ugh. Well, then I guess you should just go set the table. The Demo Day Power Sale at Northern Tool and Equipment, where everything you need to do stuff is 10 to 75% off. LiveRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, uh, Mark... I looked at this headline, okay, (laughs) because I love your headlines. Sometimes they're just, hey, here's the story. Mm -hmm. Other times there's, there's, okay, Indian artist Mm -hmm. tattoos customers for 91 consecutive hours breaks record. Yep. All right. (laughs) Is this an artist who is Native American from the country of India? From India. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now that's part one. Mm-hmm. Tattoos customers right. for ninety-one consecutive hours. Right. All right. So for ninety-one consecutive hours, the guy A stayed awake. Mm-hmm. B was able to eat, go to the bathroom, and everything else, yeah. and tattoo people all the time while right. he's doing yeah. it. Yeah. He had breaks. Okay. Yeah. All right. But but cool. yes, that's what happened. Okay. And, and it's and it happened, of course, in India, and of, of course. course, it's a Guinness World Record story. What is that? Love it. It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. A tattoo artist in India broke a Guinness World Record when, on, he, Raj. <laughs> when he spent 91 consecutive hours ta- giving tattoos to 64 people. Mark, yes? I could not do anything for 91 consecutive <laughs> no, hours. I couldn't either. Uh, Ishan Rana of Vadodara, uh, Vadodara oh, forgive me, uh, started giving out tattoos on March 3rd and finished 91 hours later on March 7th after giving a total of 74 tattoos to 64 people. Rana's inking marathon was aimed at breaking the Guinness World Record for the longest tattoo session, subcategory, multiple people. The previous record listed on the Guinness World Records website, 61 hours and 37 minutes, was set by Italian tattoo artist Giovanni Vasallo, or Vasallo, whatever, mm-hmm. in August of 2022. Rana said he was told that record had already been surpassed with a 65-hour session. Well, he said he consulted with the Guinness World Records before making his attempt to ensure he was following all of the record-keeping organization's rules. He says he was allowed a 20-minute break every four hours. Okay. I mean, I'm with you there. 91 consecutive hours. If you're the guy under the needle <laughs> in hour 91, oh, you buddy. better hope you're not getting anything you ask for. Because, I mean, he just, by that time, he's just, ah. Well, the ah. thing is, okay, you get a 20-minute break every four hours. Woo! A 20-minute. I mean, this is one of those things that 91 hours and a 20-minute break every four hours. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. I, I've told you the story before about getting stuck at a radio station and, you know, <laughs> and back before computers ran everything and yes. actually falling. I had yes. a friend after my third day up, you know, he's on the phone with me trying to help me stay awake. Right. And I fell asleep while I was talking to him, you know, <laughs> and that what I was doing didn't require a whole lot. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. this guy's doing tattoos mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking, buddy, I, this <laughs> Way to go, you know, way to go. <laughs> I wonder what, did he, I've got to dig into this and find out more yeah, of the story. Okay. Because did he fulfill requests of all 64 people or did he say, this is the tattoo you're getting, line up. Right. You know? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, coming up uh, this weekend, 
in many parts of the United States, not just where we are in Alabama, um, but this coming Sunday, yeah, will mark the beginning of what was uh, the storm of the century kind of thing mm, uh, yeah, from yeah. a weather standpoint. It began on March 12th, 1993. Yeah. This is the snows, the snow blizzard that people who were here at the time remember uh, because it was shocking. We tell, we've been telling some stories about it from time to time, and it does pop up because it was one of those storms that they, they are called uh, once in a lifetime for a reason, you know? Mm, yeah. They just don't happen often. Um, but not only was that happening here with snow in Alabama, there were other massive storm of the century things taking place in other areas. And yeah. I've mentioned this before because uh, when we're talking about it, there are people in eastern North Carolina, um, a tropical storm formed, like right on top of uh, Rusty Mace's house kind of thing, right there on the coast. <laughs> but then in the northeast, they had another thing going on. So this weekend, storm of the century type stuff, doesn't just apply to Alabama. It applies to many other places and millions of other people who were impacted yeah. by the severe weather. And that's why I found this one was interesting because there's a woman in Maine uh, that has been tracking weather for NOAA yeah. 65 years. Yeah, she's 92 years old, and she's, she's marking 65 years of serving as a weather watcher for the National Oceanic Ad- Atmospheric Administration. Arlene Cole no relation to Les Nessman and eyewitness weather, um, of Newcastle. So Les, how do you, uh, how do you do that? Les, I go over to the window and I witness the weather. That's it. She said, uh, she took the position. Hey, what do you call those little Mexican dogs? Uh, Les, who is, yeah. And what about that, uh, Mexican golfer you like so much? A chai chai Rodriguez. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Rodriguez, um, Arlene Cole of Newcastle said she took the position over from a friend who died and she's been tracking the weather for Noah ever since her letter from Noah certifying her as a weather observer arrived nearly 65 years ago. Wow. Noah relies on more than 7,000 volunteers across the country to track and report weather conditions. Uh, she says, I've always been interested in the weather. I grew up on a farm and farm weather is very important. She says she measures and reports weather conditions every day at 5 p.m. Quote, at first, I visited the outdoor station every day, but now I can read the information from my kitchen counter. <laughs> I have two rain gauges, two whiteboards, a 24-inch measuring stick marked in tenths, and a stake that can be inserted into the ground each fall so that numbers 1 through uh, once, uh, through 60 an inch apart can be read. That's obviously for the snow. Uh, Cole said she plans to continue as a weather watcher for as long as she's able. I take it a day at a time, she says. Wow. Well, good for her. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. I hope I hope at 92, I can still be involved in something. Because mm-hmm. I kind of figure by the time I'm that old, my family will have already forgotten about me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You'll be in the corner with a lampshade on your head. I hope. Oh, man. God. I swear, Mark, that would be, you know... <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show and you know we are today is friday right yes i'm just double checking did we work every day this week or was it an amended week short week <laughs> yes we worked every day this week every day this week it's a raw that's a not we the worked. precedent we want to set mark that's just yeah. not you know no but it is friday you know I thought we agreed that you know well i mean hmm. agreements can be broken but it's friday Wow. Yeah. Museum displaying <laughs> letters sent to Spider-Man's Queen's address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? A New York museum is displaying hundreds of letters addressed to Marvel hero Spider-Man that were delivered over the course of 30 years to the address of the Queen's home, Queen's New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. The home in Queen's New York. Yeah, I was thinking right. the Queen. Yeah. Which Queen? Uh-huh. It's okay. it's it has the same address as his in the comic books. Wow. The okay. City Reliquary Museum said the home at 20 Ingram Street in Forest Hills started receiving letters addressed to Peter Parker and Spider-Man after the address was revealed as the home of the superhero and his Aunt May in a comic book in 1989. The hmm. family who lived at the address also shared the last name Parker. They've received hundreds of letters from children all over the world over the course of the ensuing three decades. 
(laughs) It was the mom of the family, Suzanne Parker, who actually started getting some of these letters, thinking they were odd at first, maybe a prank. Um, Many of the letters featured children asking Spider-Man for help getting their own superhero careers off the ground. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> the, uh, the museum guy uh, says, says some of them really are really hoping that Spider-Man can provide the equipment that they need. In particular, he's known for the web slinger, and kids want to be able to shoot that web. Uh, the creators of the comic book denied knowing the Parkers resided at the address they used in the comic book, but he suspects they may have chosen an address listed under Parker from a phone book to maintain mm-hmm. the fantasy for kids. The letters are now on display at this museum in, wow. an exi- in an exhibit entitled Dear Spider-Man, Letters to Peter Parker. Oh. And it runs okay. through uh, through April 2nd. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I remember writing a letter to Archie Bunker because he lived in Queens. <laughs> really? And his ad- yeah, his address was 8970 Cooper Avenue, Queens, New York, 11374. Huh. Yeah. Well. Something what, about this, Mark. The, what, so what, what came of that? Anything? Well, I don't know because there was also the official thing was uh, 704 Hauser Street. And that's what I got. The, yeah. I was actually told that I sent it to the wrong place, I guess. I don't hmm. remember, man. I'm a kid and I'm making up the whole story. Come on, Mark. Oh, either that or you're a meathead. That's what it is. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. And just, hey, you know, I was kind of lost in a little world of the bunkers and peter parker and all <laughs> oh, that a minute okay. ago yeah yeah but you know 704 hauser street that was the address that you know was archie bunkers okay mm-hmm. back in the day all right and they but the what it was when i was looking it up because i was thinking you know i don't know much about the geography of new york and the, the five boroughs and all that i just right. don't yeah i wish i did but i you know i don't spend any time in new york city you know right, so, neither do i no. yeah so it doesn't, but the reason is that the Archie Bunker house, 89-70 Cooper Avenue, Rigo Park, actually, because you know, the picture of the house yeah. on the outside. Okay. That's where that was taken. Oh, so, okay. I got you. Yeah. The picture the that exterior, they showed. Yes. Right. It's kind of like, Bra- like the Brady's house. You just, they just yes. took a picture of a house and yeah, gotcha. Exactly. And right. then they made up, you know, the Hauser street address because it doesn't exist. Right. There is no yeah. address like that. So oh, that makes they sense. did that yeah. to avoid the Peter Parker thing, you know? Right. Yeah. It's like, like letters. phone numbers are always fake. They've all, right. they've got a, an exchange they use. And anytime yes. you hear a phone five, number, yeah. Five, 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 five. five. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that if you had a, uh, you know, think about this as Archie Bunker, you know, uh, he was a uh, boy, you know, he's holding the dynamite. Who's got the matches, you know, <laughs> you and are a meathead. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We never walked, you know, what, what did he say? Um, oh, I wish I had it. I don't have it here. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, you look at it. There are there are people who would have, if there was a real address, would right, have yeah. gone there and done harm because people don't. It's kind of like Galaxy Quest, you know, uh-huh. you know where you think, wait, <laughs> surely you don't think Gilligan's Island was <laughs> poor, poor people, people. <laughs> uh, but people are nuts, man. It's like if yeah. you gave them a real address, people mm-hmm. would do stuff. Well, I mean, I, well, look at the Goonies house. You know, we had a story a couple of weeks ago about the Goonies house in the Pacific Northwest where people go there all the time and do weird things, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. just what? Wow. <laughs> just wow. Yeah. You know? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, I have only seen an owl once or twice mm-hmm. in my life where it's in the woods and somebody pointed it out to me and i remember the one time when i saw one um i was shocked at how big they are yeah you know because i saw it in a tree i hadn't seen it like you know up close out in the woods i've seen them in a zoo or in a setting like that right but i had never seen one out in the woods and i remember the day that it was pointed out i couldn't see it at first because mm-hmm. i was looking for something smaller yeah. And they're like, no, it's right there. And oh, yeah. when I finally uh-huh. got, I was like, oh, holy moly. Isn't that the way it is? I mean, you, 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 somebody points at it and you think, all I see is a tree trunk. All I see, that's, I just see a limb. I see the, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Wow. It's just, I had no idea they were that big. Yeah. They're big and they blend in with everything. It's just, yeah. it's just absolutely amazing. Well, an owl apparently managed to blend in with, 
part of a cruise ship. Wildlife officials in Florida said an owl was successfully captured after stowing away aboard a cruise ship and joining passengers for a two-week holiday to Mexico. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission said the wildlife uh, and uh, said wildlife biologist Ricardo Zambrano responded to Royal Caribbean International's Symphony of the Seas cruise ship. I believe Symphony of the Seas was the one that I went on when I was the youngest guy on the boat. I think oh, I wow. really think that's the one. <laughs> anyway, they responded to that cruise ship in Miami after the ship's crew reported a burrowing owl had been spotted on numerous occasions during the vessel's two-week trip to Mexico and back. Uh, the FWC said in a Facebook post, Ricardo only had a one-hour window of time between the passengers disembarking and new, new passengers coming aboard for their week-long vacation to Mexico. Initial attempts to capture the owl caused the bird to flee to new perches, but the crew was eventually able to distract the, uh, here it comes, avian, for long <laughs> enough to allow Zambrano to capture it in a net. The post wow. says after they, the amazing rescue, the cute little stowaway was safely assisted with the disembarkation pro- process. He had nothing to claim in customs. Um, <laughs> uh, the owl appeared to be in good health, and they took him to the South Florida Wildlife Center for examination and observation. <laughs> I misread that. Yes. They, they took him to the South Florida Wildlife Center for extermination. <laughs> that's what I read <laughs> oh, in my head. Yeah. terrible. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I wonder what they taste like. <laughs> I, I'm not saying I would eat one. Just curious. <laughs> well, if it comes down to it, you're going to find out they're mostly feathers. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, and Mark and I were talking uh, just because you know during the music sometimes yeah. there will be a question that arises. Okay, yeah. and <laughs> it's just. You know, you, you think about things and wonder, how is it? And I mean this. In the last couple of days, we have seen a lot of famous uh, people, uh, whether they be an entertainer like Rob Reiner or uh, a politician, but saying things about Republicans, okay, using that term, not just conservative people, mm-hmm. but Republicans, yeah. and labeling them certain ways. And it's just wrong. What they're saying as a fact is wrong. Let me give you an example, Mark. Um, I posted something, you know, I don't post a lot on Facebook mm-hmm. and, and the reason is, um, I'm just a little frustrated at how many liberal people just say things as a fact that aren't true. Yeah. And you, when you say that to them, but, but that's not true. They don't care because it doesn't, whatever fits their agenda is the only thing they will consider. So there was this segment on ESPN, which mm-hmm. I don't watch ESPN. Okay. Uh, and not anymore. I used to. But over the years, it just became so political, and you're. It's like, look, I I want to watch sports. I want to be, in, you know, what you're doing is not sports. And so, this is what happened um, during a show. Uh, former NBA NBA player Kendrick Peter uh, Perkins was. They were talking about the MVP voting, okay, and in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he made a comment about. Um, the people who vote for the MVP in the NBA. And what he stated as fact, okay, wasn't true. Mm. And he was saying that the people, you know, since, 19, uh, since 1990, 80% of the people voting for the NBA's MVP are white. And it was like, <laughs> it was just crazy in what yeah. he was trying to say. Well, J.J. Redick, also a former NBA player, uh, was trying to correct Perkins on saying that, you know, what you're saying isn't true, okay? Right, yeah. But Perkins wouldn't have it. He just starts yelling, it's a fact. It's a fact. They, and rather than cutting <laughs> his microphone off, because they were like, um, you had your host, and mm-hmm. then you had yeah. these two of the guys like on a separate camera thing. Right. But in separate areas. And instead of cutting off uh, Perkins' microphone so we could hear what J.J. Reddick was saying, uh, they let it, it, this segment ended with Perkins saying, it's a fact, it's a fact, like he's mm. coming unglued. Yeah. And uh, so I paid to post this, and this is why I said the reason many people don't watch the political sports of ESPN, Kendrick Perkins makes up a lie and gets called out by J.J. Reddick, who tries to correct Perkins. 
Perkins then yells over J.J. Reddick so he can't get the truth out. All the while, the network allows Perkins to yell over Reddick. Uh, here are the real facts about the NBA's MVP awards. All right, now, here's your facts. There have been 67 total MVP, Most Valuable Player Awards, handed out by the NBA. Of the 67, over 80% of the award recipients have been black. Mm -hmm. Since 2010, the award has been given to a white player twice, both to Serbian player Nikola Jokic. Now, Gary Sheffield Jr. is a sports writer, and this is what he said. He's African-American, if, if we're doing that hyphenated thing. He said, unfortunately for ESPN, Kendrick Perkins never knew or cared what the panel looked like. Talking about the panel mm, of MVP yeah. voters, okay? Yeah. Never cared or uh, knew or cared what the panel looked like because he has an agenda to push, and it's to remind black people that we are always the victims. Right, yeah. I just wonder when ESPN will begin to cut ties with this type of dialogue altogether and get back to talking sports, no, you know, yeah. what made us watch them all those years ago. Yeah, yeah they won't. <laughs> it's just amazing, you know, that, again, the politics of, of is coming out, uh, yeah. the agenda, and they're not stopping. You know, they did a They did correct it the next day. They didn't stop right there and correct him on the air. Right. They didn't do anything except allow him to. I'm hmm. Mark. I was a little concerned that he was kind of coming unglued when I saw this. Yeah. I mean, he was whew, really out there, dude. Yeah. But I'm just tired of allowing these things to go on and not say anything. Hmm. Yeah. It boggles my mind. Well, ESPN is suffering as a result yeah. of it. Their numbers are way, way, way down. And and that's the bottom line. The bottom line is always the bottom line. Yeah. And if they're running off their viewers, then yeah. they've got troubles. But the, the problem doesn't matter. They call it that lost leader mentality. I, yeah. You know? I, yeah. And leftism doesn't allow you to acknowledge reality because it conflicts with what you have to believe to be true. And, and ESPN owned by Disney. Yeah. Oh, it, ESPN, ABC, Disney. Right. I mean, and, and we're seeing the problem, trouble with Disney now they're, they're, right. Yeah, their revenue is way off. The only thing that's keeping Disney afloat right now is their parks. Their park. Right. Even though people are, are just deciding, yeah, I don't think I want to go there anymore. Right. Their parks are keeping them afloat because their their entertainment uh, revenue has dropped a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. They've had some big, you know, Disney doesn't do flops when it comes to movies. They right. Just, they've had a handful of them in recent years because they've insisted on being woke. So that wokeism is has that woke mind virus <laughs> as mm -hmm. elon musk calls it has inv in infiltrated everything about the entertainment industry and they've just decided to double down on it as the left always does it doesn't matter what's true or what's not what matters is what they want you to believe and they will always be that way espn is not going to back off of this they're just not. No. They may they may regroup and readjust and shuffle, but they're always going to keep the political side of things, and they're going to keep running their viewership off. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac Show, and yeah, you know, this is one of those stories that you you know look at and go, wait a minute. <laughs> Am I reading this right? You know, <laughs> this wasn't us, was it? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a pair of guys. Well, I don't think so. Recording a podcast at a cafe in Houston, captured video of the moment an SUV smashed into the windows right behind where they were sitting. Podcast host Nathan Reeves and his guest friend and photographer Alexi Reyes were recording the fifth episode of Reeves' podcast inside the toot suite off commerce street uh during the weekend when their video camera captured the moment the vehicle struck the windows behind them um rays rays said we were just talking to the camera and the car smashes into our backs wow and i go into instant shock i'm not sure what's going on the moment occurred just seconds after reeves remarked on how quiet it was inside the cafe <laughs> <laughs> he said i was freaking out i wow. i turned to everyone in the cafe and i'm like i got all that on film everyone got a front row seat there was no one at the table with us they all saw what happened reeves and rays were not injured in the crash they said the family inside the suv were also uninjured 
And the crash, of course, was reported to the police there in Houston. Wow. You know, we're going to have to get a Paul Harvey on that one. The yeah. rest of the story. Yeah, that's good. Gravy. That is. You imagine? Mm-hmm. First of all, why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, in, I mean, it's yeah. like a remote. You know, we used to do oh. remotes. It's they yeah. go someplace and they advertise, hey, we're going to do our podcast live at this cafe yeah. or this okay. place or something like that. And okay. that's what it is. And you, we've had some bizarre things. You know, people will walk up to you and talk to you at remotes okay. and just. I, you've got a microphone you're doing a break for the station you're you're live on the air somebody walks up with their pet or their yep. kid oh, or yeah. and they and they start talking to you while you're standing there talking on the microphone it's just like hello um hey, i'm working here you know <laughs> <laughs> but nobody has ever driven a car through a window while we were working <laughs> It's the Mark and Mac show cruising along, singing a song side by side. <laughs> Mark, I got to say something that I haven't said today. Oh no. <laughs> no, up. maybe not even this Let me week. Get my seatbelt. Hang on. <laughs> yes. Swimmer Riley Gaines. Uh, she swam collegiately at Kentucky. Right. And she is talking about women in sports and transgender women mm-hmm. because you know, for those of us um, that grew up in the area where uh, the NCAA college uh, sports were addressing certain issues to make things equal to even the playing field for female athletes, right? Uh, because many of the sports uh, at the college level don't make any money. Uh, actually, they lose money, you know, because of what it takes to keep fields and coaches and things like that. But they wanted to make it so it was fair in terms of women having the same opportunities as men at the collegiate level, mm-hmm. you know, for scholarships to play basketball and things like that. Right. And, you know, women's basketball is competitive. You know, people do watch the games and they do have a tournament. You know, they do have a national champion and they do have an audience there that they can go after. There are plenty of other sports that don't have funding. I mean, look at the college level football if you have a winning program is big basketball is a way to make money because you have so few players and you have this, you know, it's a way to make money. If you have a decent team, the other sports really not so much. I mean, you go to a baseball game in a college mm-hmm. and this, you oftentimes there's not a whole lot of people there. Right. I say all this to point out that there was a, a real thing back 20, 30 years, actually markets further than that. I said 20, like that would be 2003. Yeah, right. And I'm really referring back to the 70s and 80s. <laughs> wow. But there was a push to make it so that women would have fair treatment for, you know, college scholarships mm-hmm. and things like sure, that. Yeah. But the NCAA being so liberal, what they've done now is they've made a mockery of that by allowing somebody who is technically biologically a man. Yes. Who claims to identify as a female they allow that man to compete in women's sports because that's what they identify as, as uh, a female. And they are breaking records. They are taking over, you know, these men who are claiming they are a woman. And it's wrong. It is the people who are standing up for this stuff, Mark, mm. are damaging. They're taking away opportunities from biological women. They're taking it away and allowing these fake women to become, you know, to take over mm. uh, in the weightlifting, swimming. Yeah. That the Thompson woman who, yes. you know, it's a dude. I thought it was a woman, by the way, because of the way she, they always referred to her as a girl. And I thought, well, maybe she has transitioned and she actually has had the surgery and she is all female, right? Mm. No, dude's a man yeah. just identifies as a woman. Yeah. And uh, they're allowing this to take place, and it's damaging sports. It's really hurting the women who, you know, are not being treated fairly. It's just a matter of biology. It's a matter of science. And yet these very people, you know, are hurting the women they claim to be standing up for. And I'm just tired of it. I really am, man. Mm. It's beyond the frustration. It's like, okay, I have, Mark, you and I, let's let the train go by the crazies will stop at some point but they don't yeah when they tell you that this is okay mm-hmm. and it's not 
You know, scientifically, it's not true. Mm. You, you know, there has to be a point, you know, where you stand up and say, okay, we've let you have your day. You know, we've let you make your claims. But everything you're saying is a lie. Mm. It's not backed up by science. It's not true. And by the way, not even fair. Yeah. Now, if you want to dress up as a woman and let make us call you, a, fine. But, you know, there are going to be sacrifices you're going to have to make. And one of those is you can't play sports yeah. with girls yeah. because you're not a girl. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. you're not. Yeah, we, we have some very serious mental health issues yeah. in the world around us today. And yeah. that's, that's what this all boils down to. It's, it is a mental health issue. And mm-hmm. every time you say that, you tell the truth about it. Well, there are prominent people who have told the truth saying mm-hmm. like it's a mental health issue. And right. the first thing that happens is the left rises up against them. Uh, they're, they're canceled. They start, they lose their, they lose their, uh, social media status. They, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things happen just for them telling the truth. And right. the thing is that you and I as believers have got to hold on to the truth and walk in that truth every day because it, in, um, in first Corinthians, no, second Corinthians chapter 10, <clears throat> Paul Paul says this, uh, uh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. This mental health issue is all imagination. I mean, these people imagine themselves to be something and they demand that society accept their imaginary identity. Well, you and I as believers, we don't have to accept that because it isn't true. At the same time, we should pity these people. We should not pity the fool. That's right. We should pity these people and unconditionally love them and pray for their souls because they are deeply, deeply deluded and deranged people who need real help, not affirmation and <laughs> and what is it they're calling it with a, they need, they, they, they want to be coddled. Our society, people in our society want to coddle these people and hug them and say, Oh, it's going to be fine. We're going to support you, which is literally the last thing they need because, mm-hmm. because all of the statistics, statistics tell us that even though they get what they want, even if they go through thousands and thousands of dollars worth of surgery to change their outward appearance, What's on the inside never changes, and they don't find the fulfillment that they seek. And as a result, they kill themselves. The suicide rate with people in this category is many, many, many multiple times higher than the average in the population, even after they've succeeded in transitioning. So what they're looking for is the peace that only God can give them. And so we need to help them find that peace any way we can. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.